Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 10. Here's Pastor Ryan. Good evening. Good to be with you guys. Let's get right to it. 2 Chronicles, chapter 10. 2 Chronicles, chapter 10. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard pastors say... I was going to teach on one thing, but the Lord intervened and gave me something else. Well, this pastor never does that, except for tonight. And Monday, it happened to me Monday, I was blessed to go to a a refuge church in Riverside and share with their men's kickoff study, and so uh, I had a good time Monday night there, but uh, the message I had in store it, it, it was that message, but God added something in the last uh, kind of hour, and it ended up being right on time, just like the Lord is. And e- even tonight, you know, I, we, we're, we're here, we're in this chapter, but the Lord put something uh, else uh, to add to it that we're going to do. So let's pray before we begin. Um, and so, Father, we thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace, and How wonderful you are, Lord God. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord. Your wonders are known throughout history, Lord. And in our lives, personally, you've touched our hearts to to know you and to love you. You saved us from the pit of hell. And Lord, there's some here that perhaps don't know you, Lord, but we pray that they do by the end of this message. We love you, Lord, and we pray that you would speak to us through your word, Lord. Your, Your word is living. And it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we pray that it would pierce the heart tonight, Lord. Give us humility so that we can receive from you your lessons. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right, so Second Chronicles chapter 10 um, is getting into now the life of King Solomon's son. Uh, last week we ended with the glorious kingdom there that has been established uh, by God through Solomon and the chronicle the chronicler the writer gives us all of the blessings that God has blessed Solomon with and it ends really with just of Solomon's achievements it doesn't speak of Solomon's failures but in first Kings chapter 11 or in the book of Kings in general uh, it speaks of the failures of the kings of Judah it doesn't just share on the good things that they did but also their sins and so uh, we're told uh, in 1 Kings chapter 11, that King Solomon actually threw, every, threw it all away, threw them away because disobeyed the commandment of the Lord. The Lord had told him, don't multiply wives. That was the instruction for kings. And we know that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's a thousand 
uh, women really at his disposal. And I want us to turn actually there to 1 Kings 11 so that we can read through a portion of scripture of the description of what uh, Solomon uh, uh, where he was at and how far he had fallen from grace. And, and that's First uh, Kings chapter uh, 11. And give me an amen once you are there. Yeah, I wonder how many people say amen, but they're like not there. <laughs> Almost as close enough, right? So First uh, Kings uh, chapter 11, beginning down at verse 4. You see that there where it says, for it was so, right? For it was so when Solomon was, was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem. Guys, that's the Mount of Olives. He put a, an altar to a false demonic god on the Mount of Olives. And for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did... And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrifice uh, to their gods. And so we see here that Solomon had lost his way because his heart was not loyal to the Lord. And it led him to sexual immorality, which, which also led to the worship of demons. It began with him disobeying the word of the Lord. That led to the sexual immorality. You don't have to be too smart to figure out why Solomon had a thousand wives. He was addicted to, no doubt, sexual immorality. The commandment of the Lord is to not commit adultery. And in the beginning, God made them male and female, and he made Adam... And, and Eve for Adam. One man, one woman. That's God's perfect will. And so if the commandment says, do not commit adultery, and he married 700 wives and had 300 concubines, he threw the word of God out and basically did his own thing and, and, and lived to the lived for pleasure and perversion and all that is not good and that's what i want to share with you guys tonight about and that's what god put heavy on my heart recently i believe that the devil knows that his time is short and that he has raised up raised up the level of temptation when it comes to sexual immorality in these last days Things are so different today than when we were kids. Those were the good old days. Now, pornography is everywhere. And it's at the fingertips of, of children, of adults alike. No matter how young, how old, it, it's out there, it's everywhere. 
And I think it's part of the signs of the last days that the enemy is really ramping it up on a rampage to just throw immorality everywhere. Sexual immorality is what we're talking about. Destroying families, destroying marriages. I once thought that sexual immorality and pornography was, for, was a young man's problem. Boy, has the ministry taught me different. I have, I have been called to minister to people. And throughout the years, the, the stories that I've heard, the problems with sexual immorality, the stories that I've heard, that God has, has, you know, called ministers to minister to those problems have blown my mind and have taught me that it's not just a young man's problem. My wife used to say, make sure that you tell the girls because the girls are, you know, bad too. It's true. She was right. I've been around long enough. It's, it's a problem with women as it is young men. It's a problem with older men. It's a problem with older women. It's a problem for people in general, and it's out there. It's true. I remember a man who was close to 80 years of age who shared with me that he was in a sexual relationship with a woman half his age. He knew that she was using him for money and he was using her for sex. I thought that was bad enough and I'm, I was hearing him out. I remember hearing him out before I can share Jesus with his issues. And I thought that was worse until he told me that he was in a relationship with three married women. I mean, you're just blown away. And uh, the devil is on a rampage. To the pure, all things are pure. And we can be sheltered in our praising of our God and loving him that we Obviously, don't focus on all the negative things that are out there, but it's almost at times you get, you know, shocked that the depravity that's out there today, and it's everywhere. And I feel like God is just calling us to really be careful, to really be careful in these last days. I, I think that it's a bigger problem than any of us know uh, I, they say that statistically during COVID, pornography uh, purchases went through the roof, or during COVID. I don't think of it. I don't think of it. I don't preach on it often, I just because it's not a pleasant subject. But the Lord has just shared with me. I, I have to. Someone needs to hear it. It's a female problem as it is a, a, a male problem, guys. It's a problem for the young and, and, and young gal, young man, as it is the older men and women. I didn't know, guys. I was naive. I just didn't know. 
I thought you hit an age and, and, and things just stopped, but apparently I was wrong. These bodies of death are perverse and need to be put in check because the devil's ramping it up. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And the answer is Jesus. Our children have, they're growing up at a time where they have, you know, the world at their hands. And if they're not monitored, then shame on the parents. We, we need to monitor our, our children and preserve their uh, innocence, what's left of it, and build back what perhaps the enemy has, has taken from them already of their innocence. Build them up in the Lord and to, and to, and to lovingly say, man, what are you watching? And, and, and to have boundaries and to have the, those, you know, apps that block all that stuff out or whatever steps a parent should take, they should, we should all be taking them. And not assume that, that our kids are above being tempted and falling into that. The Bible says that he who stands, may he beware lest he fall. We are all capable of destroying our lives with one terrible decision. All of us in this room who love Christ, we can destroy our families with one terrible decision. And, and in chapter 10 of this book, Rehoboam, which is Solomon's son, the kingdom is snatched from the kingdom, the whole nation is torn apart in chapter 10 because of what Solomon chose to do. And it's like so many families that are, that are torn apart because of pornography, sexual immorality, uh, emotional cheating, and all the crazy stuff that happens in offices and in, in, uh, in uh, the workforce. We have to take guard. Take guard, keep guard, keep guard. We need to be careful. Jesus is the answer, though. He, he always is the answer to the problem. Romans 13, 12 through 14. That's Romans 13, 12 through 14. Paul says, the night is far spent. And that night, he's talking about dark, the, the dark era that we're in. The whole world is under the sway of the devil. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's got TV, he's got radio, he's got, he's the prince of the air, he's got the internet, he can, me, he can web up people, mess them up, cut them down, break up families. The night is far spent, it's, it's almost over for him. The day is at hand, what day is at hand? The day of the coming of our Lord, he's coming for the church. The night is far spent, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. The answer is to put on Christ and to cast off the works of darkness. Cast off anything that's, that's tempting to the flesh. Cast off anything that has that appearance of evil that can tear you down. The answer is the Lord. To put him on. To put him on. That is to seek him. 
to pray to him. Jesus said, pray lest you enter into temptation. Well, what do you say when a young man or woman or an older man or woman or whoever is being tempted with these things? You tell them to pray lest they enter into temptation. And if they don't know how to pray, teach them how to pray. Pray lest you enter into temptation. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual. You pray when you're tempted. In Psalm 119, verse 11, the psalmist writes, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word I have hidden in my heart. So for, for you young gals and, 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 and men, if you don't have the word in your heart, you're going to sin. And maybe some of you don't want his word in your heart so that you can sin. Maybe that's the plan all along. Less word, more me. Guys, we pray it's the word. Jesus is the word made flesh. We just soak up the word. And the word directs your paths. It lights the way. It, 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 it warns you of possible dangers. Gives you discernment. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the armor. You're in a fight. You're in a war. You cannot stand without the armor of God. If you don't put on Christ, if you don't seek him, if you don't pray to him, if you don't love him, if you don't seek his love, seek everything about him, you will not stand. And Satan is counting on us not to put on Christ. He is counting on it. He's looking for those that are straying away, isolating themselves, hardly coming to church so he can pick them off. He looks for the wounded sheep so that he can, so the wolf can come and devour. He does not, he, it's hard, he can't get in when we're tight together in church, when we're edifying one another, loving one another, forgiving one another, caring for one another. It's harder for him to pick them off. He's hoping that we don't pray. He is hoping that the word is not hidden in our heart. He is hoping that we don't put on the armor of God. Our minds have to be on Jesus. Our minds, everyone's mind, everyone's, everyone has mental issues nowadays. Let's get mind on the mind. The enemy goes for the mind. So we have to have that helmet of salvation. We have to really hand over our thought life to the Lord moment by moment, day by day, moment by moment. Because the mind wanders and just goes crazy. The flesh, the flesh is warring against the, the spirit. He's warring against our mind. That's what he comes afterwards. Philippians 4, 8 through, through 9. Write it down. Philippians 4, verse 8 through 9. Paul says, finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. It's the mind. It's the mind. It's that idle time for young men and young girls or older men or middle age, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's that idle time where the enemy can come in and sinful 
foolish, wicked, perverse thoughts come in of all sorts. And all sin is common to man. They come into everybody's mind. The problem is, the issue is, what do, we, what do you do with it when it comes in? Do you say that's of the devil and just, Lord, cover that, take that thought out and, and focus on the Lord? Because that's what Paul says. Meditate on the things that are lovely and are good and of good report. I think of Joseph in Genesis 39. He was working for Potiphar and God gave him favor and God was blessing him. And Potiphar's wife casted longing eyes on him. And she kept trying, it says, day by day, kept harassing him, kept trying to, get, to persuade him to lie with her. Until one day she finally grabbed his, his um, garment while he was inside the house. And he took off running from her and left his garment there. And you know the story. They arrested him and he went to prison. But God eventually raised him up uh, to be number two in all of Egypt. But the moral of the story is, is that he ran. He ran from it. And we must run to Jesus when temptation comes. We must teach our children. We must teach the brethren. You run to Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, Paul tells Timothy, Flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It says to flee youthful lusts. The world says it's not a sin to masturbate, but biblically, the Bible just told us to flee youthful lusts. Not to tempt yourself with whatever godless things that are out there. Just to flee. Don't believe the humanists of our world who say, oh, it's just a part of growing up. Let them have their way. That's not the godly way. The godly way is to teach your young men and women to pray, to seek the Lord, and to put their minds on the things of God and not awaken those things until it's time and point them to Jesus and say, one day God is preparing you to marry your, your husband or your wife and you want to be pure for them. Some Christians think it's okay. For their, young, for their young people, their young teenagers to date or play boyfriend and girlfriend. We, we, don't do, we don't play that here at our church. We discourage that. We don't awaken love until it's time. Does that young man have a job? Does that, that young man know Jesus? Can that young man take care of you? Can you take care of yourself? Get busy about the things of the Lord. And when you're older and it's God's timing and, and, they, and, that, and that young man and young woman, they love Jesus first and you know they love Jesus, then get married to them and have at it. 
Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 27 through 30, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you for it is more profitable for you that one of your members shall perish than your whole body be cast into hellfire thank you for joining us today at lasting truth radio if you're in the area come on out and join us for sunday services at 8 30 a.m and at 10 30 a.m or wednesday evenings at 7 p.m we are located at 3035 west nicholas street in banning california you can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.